Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Good morning, church family. We made it through the first full week of 2020. How are we doing? Everybody okay? <laughs> I found myself last, uh, yesterday, after I absolutely packed the week too full of stuff, thinking, man, I need a re-preach of Psalm 23. Does anyone else like me just to re-preach Psalm 23? We have a good shepherd. Follow him. Surely goodness and love will follow us all the days of our life. But, uh, but he is faithful, isn't he? And it's good to gather today. We are, as we get this year started, focused on one thing. Now, this is the, the theme of our year. If you're just joining us today, it comes out of a verse, Psalm uh, 27.4, that as I was reviewing this week, it was interesting. Do you, do you guys write in your Bible? Anyone write? Uh, man, I, it's, our, it's our sword. It's our plan. It's, so I, I mark it up, write it up, and I have in Psalm 27.4, a, uh, a little inscription, 1-29-2019, thank you, Lord, for causing the sun to shine on my Bible twice. And I was, it was that day, I was away for the Vision Summit, where I get away for a week of prayer, solitude to seek the Lord on what He has for the coming ministry year, and I uh, was praying over what would be our theme for this year. And I was thinking worship, and I was in this Psalm 27-4, it was a cloudy day, my desk was right by a window. And as I was on Psalm 27, 4, the, the clouds broke and a bright beam of sunlight just went splash on my Bible. And I was like, Lord, was that you? <laughs> was that an affirmation to, to go forward with our theme of worship in Psalm 27? But coincidence probably, right? So I went back to studying, journaling, working through that. I came back up to that verse and just, Lord, what would you have? And once again, the clouds parted, sunlight splash. And I'm like, all right, I'm taking that as from you, Lord. <laughs> and I wrote it down in my Bible. Lord, thanks for confirming this leading. And twice you caused the sun to, to hit. And what a year it's been so far. I, I hope as we've been focused on this prayer of David, which is, he said, Lord, one thing I ask of you. He's on a battlefield. He's got all these problems, all these situations. All I ask is one thing, not safety, not better army, not one thing I ask of you, this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the presence of the Lord or in the temple of the Lord in that day, all the days of my life, to, to gaze on your beauty, that picture of worship and to seek you in your temple, that idea of seeking his direction for, for life mission. And so we've been chasing that dwell. And, and one thing, if one thing, now in our lives, all kinds of things matter, and we have to give our attention to all kinds of things. But if we're focused on all these other things, and we let one thing fall out of focus, everything else is a mess. But if we keep this one thing central, then life rolls the way God created it to roll. Remember Mary and Martha, and that picture of uh, Martha invited the Lord over to her house that day, and she's, you know, distracted by all the preparations, and Mary's sitting there at the Lord's feet listening to him. And Martha gets mad at her sister, and is like, Lord, tell her to help me out with all that's going on. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Now, it's true we have to do the logistics, but what matters most every day is that we're living in His presence. Proximity to the Lord is our one thing. 
It's the treasure of life. And if we can practice his presence, then the rest of it flows. So last week we looked at this as a paradigm shift. Normally when we set out to go be and do what God calls us to go be and do, we, uh, we go into action mode. But, but our first step, Jesus said in John 15, 5, is to abide in him or to dwell with him, to, uh, to be, just practice his presence, relying on him. So we moved out of self-reliance into a, a renewed focus on dependence on him as we set out to, to go do what he's called us to do. Today, we, make a, we move out of paradigm shift into uh, the, the possibility. And so, excited where the Lord's going to take us. Today, our text will be Hebrews chapter 10, 19 to, to uh, 25, and we'll get there in just a moment. But before we do, just a reminder, today's the official launch of our Disciple Challenge, something we do as a church family, and there should have been one of these on the seat. But everyone's invited to join us on the front side. You see the disciple training plan, and this is the really the big picture, how do we fulfill the mission God's given us? And our mission as a church family is to help each other become fully devoted followers of Jesus, following him into a life of love for God's glory. And the answer is um, really wrapped up in these five words, worship, reach, connect, grow, serve. And you can read through there. There's a handful of habits that position us to, to experience heart change or soul transformation so that we'll love God, compassion for those around us, love for each other, a uh, growing faith, and then a humility to serve. Pretty, uh, just to review again, is perfection possible this side of heaven? And it's good to just be reminded, no, it's, we're not pursuing perfection, we're pursuing maturity, or uh, it's te- the word teleon in the Bible, but it's that uh, spiritually fit is where we're at. Now, in physical fitness, do you have to maintain? Can you just coast physically? Nope, the minute you start coasting, you start declining. So it is in the soul. It's, it's not like we get to this point in our spiritual life and walk with God where we're just like, yep, I hit it and I can just go. It, every day, it's, there's got to be a workout. There's got to be effort that we're putting out to walk with Him and grow in Him. And seasons of life change. Challenges come our way. And, and so um, soul fitness. Now the goal is we're all living fit and helping each other live fit. And when you, do, when you get a bunch of Jesus followers living fit, what do you have? an outpost of heaven here on earth. And what we have here at Westbridge, and so neat to see, is God just um, does what he does in us and through us. You have a little taste of heaven on earth. Not perfectly, but it is a, uh, it's, a it's an awesome, uh, unstoppable force for good. And the glory of God is seen as, as, we, uh, as we live fit in our walk with Christ. Now, when you turn it over to the Disciple Challenge, mentioned this last week, but you get the one word, weekly Bible reading, monthly theme verse that we go through. The one word is the area that really neat how God uses this. You pick a word, connect it to a, a scripture, link it to a scripture, and then focus on that all year. And the word has to do with where God may be working in your heart or working through you in the year to come. So we were praying over this this past week, and hopefully God is leading you to a, a word you can land on and and run with. So um, it was good to see Ken here today. We've been praying for Tammy as she had surgery this past week, but it was right after her surgery on a, one day this week that she's there in the hospital bed. It's going to be about a six-week recovery, but she said, hey, I got to tell you, God gave me my one word, and it's dwell, and to dwell in his presence, and it's out of Psalm 8410, will be her verse. Better is one day in your courts or in your presence, Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. And I, 
really neat just seeing her in a hard time of life, but dwelling. And what God's going to do, uh, minister to her heart through that time, is, is going to be neat to see. All right, so everyone's invited to, to jump on board with that. Now today, we, uh, as we think about this one thing, the possibility of, of dwelling in the presence of God. I was trying to think, how, what's an adjective or a descriptive word that would, you could put there? It's like it's a, it is a sweet possibility or it's a beautiful possibility or like what word would you put? It's magnificent possibility. It's an empowering possibility. Every word that I picked didn't quite sum it up enough. So I thought, you know what? Forget it. I'm done looking for adjectives. We're going Ohio State. It's the possibility. Is that good? <laughs> the Ohio State University. And so I was thinking about of all the possibilities this coming year that, that are going to come your way, what, what's like the possibility? The best of the best, and this is it. And you say, well, what is it? It's summed up in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Check this out. Hebrews chapter 10, or I'm sorry, verse 22 says, this is the Word of God inviting us to draw near to God. Let us, imperative, let us draw near to God. Just allow that to soak in for a minute. What is God calling us to do today? It's to come close. Wherever you are in your faith walk, take another step to Him. Isn't that awesome to think about? Draw near to the living God, <laughs> you stop and think, like, that's the possibility this coming year that each of us, at the end of the year, look back, we have are a step closer to Him. We're living in His presence. Draw, let us draw near to God. But how becomes the question. And we all have parts of our lives that we know are not right before God, and, and there's this we're sinful people still prone to wonder and, and do things that we know are, are offensive to Him. How can we draw near? We, we get distracted and, and we drift from His side. How can we draw near? And what's really neat about this letter to the Hebrews, we don't know who wrote it. It's written to those who are Jews coming out of the, from under the Old Covenant into the New Covenant in Christ. But, but we don't know the author, but we do know he had a very clear message I like how one commentary, they said, uh, they, call, they call him the preacher. Like, here's what the preacher said. And, and meaning, this preacher had a message, and it's simply this. To, to, to all of us, draw near. To which we say, how? And to which he says, well, let me tell you how you draw near to God. This is how it happens. And for 10 chapters, he explains, there is only one way to, to draw near to God, and this is how. This is, it, it is um, incredible the way God has made it possible to draw near to us. But then he sums it up, cliff note version, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, 1 verse, verse 19. Check this out. He says, therefore, summing up all that he's written before, therefore, brothers and sisters, speaking of those who who are followers of Christ, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, describing the presence of God, here it comes, by the blood of Jesus, referring to the cross, the sacrifice, Jesus pouring out his blood on the cross as an atoning sacrifice for our sin, and by a new and living way, 
opened for us through the curtain that is his body. How do we draw near to God? There is only one way, and that is through the blood and the body of Jesus Christ sacrificed for us on the cross. He's saying, this is our confidence. As we set out to draw near to him and live with him as our one thing and live close to him, our eyes must be fixed on Jesus Christ and the cross of Jesus Christ as our sole confidence. No other way. And what's interesting in this text is, he, as he speaks of the uh, through the curtain, he's re- referring to the curtain under the old covenant that separated humans from the holy of holies. Remember that in the tabernacle, or only one time a year, a great or a high priest could enter the holy of holies with a blood sacrifice and move into that where the ark of the covenant was and the, the glory of God was the presence of God. But when Jesus died, remember the moment that he breathed his last breath. Breath. What happened to that curtain in the temple? It was ripped in two. God ripped it. No human ripped it. But that curtain was torn down at the death of Christ. And here he's saying it's through the body of Christ that was torn apart for our behalf that we can come into the presence of a holy God confidently. Isn't that awesome? That's the good news. And I love the way he sums it up back in, uh, if you look back to verse 14 of Hebrews 10, he says, for by one sacrifice, in the past, under the law of Moses, you had to bring sacrifice after sacrifice, but now, for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect, that's that word teleon, forever, those who are being made holy, that's us. For those who know Christ, it's only through this sacrifice, he's made us perfect already, in his eyes, he sees the righteousness of Christ. This is our, it's called imputation, but where we, God has imputed the righteousness of Christ to our account. So when he looks at you, if you're in Christ, he, he doesn't see you're wrong. He sees the right deeds of Christ. And this is forever. He says, this is um, not something that we can lose, but he says, those who are being made holy. And it's neat how he brings in here the tension of, yeah, we're righteous in Christ in God's eyes, but we're also becoming like Christ. Those who are being made holy. Holy, meaning holy is to become like Christ, that we might be useful to do what God's called us to do. How can we draw near to God? How can this be a possibility for you and I this coming year? And there is only one answer, and that is the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ for us on the cross. He is our confidence. But what's neat is it goes on, there's one more part to this confidence in verse 21 it says and since we have a great high priest over the house of God or a great priest over the house of God this is a truth we don't think about a lot and we're going to unpack the week after next we're going to dig into the book of Hebrews and deep dive in this letter and we'll we'll talk more about this but do you need a priest to go to God to go pray to God can you pray to God with on your own the answer is it's a doctrine we call the priesthood of the believer. We don't need a, another human to go to God. You can go straight to God. But do you need a priest? Yes. We still need a priest, the, the great priest, Jesus Christ, who is our advocate, sitting at the right hand of the Father, mediating for us. And he is faithful. He is um, sufficient. And so knowing that he lives to make intercession for us, to, to be our mediator to God, we go to him confidently. Verse 22, he says, let us draw near to God 
So what is the possibility this coming year? And it's that we would confidently enter the presence of God, draw near to him, take whatever step it is that we take, that we would live close to him. Say, okay, what's this look like? How, how do we do this? Verse 22, he says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. So this is that idea of um, purity of heart and truth. So where as we come to God, it's not like, you know, I'm going to, this is who I think God is, and we come to a God made in our own image, but it's based on the Word of God, who He says He is. And so we seek to know Him in His Word so that we might come to Him with a sincere heart in truth and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. This is really important, you guys. The only way that we come to, to draw near to God, we come into His presence, is through faith, with the confidence or the full assurance that faith brings. Now, this faith is believing that Jesus is who He said He is and did what He said He did, meaning we look to the sacrifice of Jesus as our only hope for drawing near to God. Does that make sense? There is only one way. It's not our own goodness or our own good works through which we, we draw near to God. But it is through the sacrifice of Jesus and the full assurance that, that this brings so that even when we fail and we mess up, our, we're still cleansed. He says, your heart's cleansed. We are still clean before God because our confidence is not in what we did but in what Christ did for us. Our faith is in Him. And, then, and, and so the question would be for you today, are you trusting Christ as your Savior? Has there ever been a moment in your life where you've said, I'm not going to trust myself anymore, my good works, but I'm trusting Jesus as my Savior. And if you haven't taken that step to believe, that's the, the next step for you today, to make this a possibility. And I invite you to take that step. If you need help talking through that, would love to, to talk through that. But then the next step after we trust Christ as our Savior uh, is what? And it's what he refers to here in the second part where he says, having our bodies washed with pure water. Now, is our sin cleansed or are we forgiven based on baptism? No. Baptism is an outward picture of the inward profession of faith that we've made in Jesus Christ and in his sacrifice for us on the cross. And it's, it's a picture when you go down under the water, it's that picture of being cleansed. You come back up a new person, a new creation in Christ. And it's a, it's a public declaration of our love for him where we now enter the family of God saying, I, I want everyone to know I love the Lord. And when you've been baptized, it gives you an assurance that, that you can look back to a moment and be like, I took that step. And, and God uses that. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior and you have not taken the step of baptism, I have one question. Why? All right? <laughs> Why? This is like, when you understand that his sacrifice is sufficient and he bled and died, his body was ripped so that we might live in the presence of God. Know this possibility. And he says, now, follow me in a public declaration of your love for me. And you haven't done that yet? What are you waiting on? Like, let's do this next week. All right? So you can sign up on your Connect card. We'll get it going. This is like next step for the believer. So um, come on. 
We'll, uh, it'd be awesome if, if we don't even have time to preach next week, but we just have a bunch of baptisms and faith stories. So I don't want you to enter the presence of the Lord not having been baptized, guys, all right? That, that's crucial, and I know you don't want to either. So that's, that's, the, uh, that's how we draw near to God, but it goes on. It's interesting. He, he says right away, 23, let us hold unswervingly to this hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Where's the enemy of your soul going to come after you this year? As you set out to draw near to God, where are the forces of darkness going to hit you? It's your hope. You're going to draw near to God, but then you're going to go on Sunday. You're going to come here and you seek the Lord and you're close to Him, but you go out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you fail, 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 and the enemy is going to come and say, you're not worthy to be a Jesus follower. You're not worthy to be in God's presence. You're not worthy, worthy, worthy. And what is our hope? Our hope is not in our own righteousness, but in the righteousness that we receive through faith in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and our great high priest who intercedes for us now. That's the hope we've got to hang on to. Why else would God say, hang on to this? Like, unyielding, unswervingly, hang on to this hope? It's because if we let go of this hope, we'll drift from his presence and the enemy of our soul wants us apart from him. So hang on to this hope. And how, how do we hang on to this hope? One of the ways we help each other with it, we see uh, verse 24, he says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Don't you love this? Uh, we'll, get, we'll dig into this text a little more in the days to come, but he says, uh, Draw near to me. Hang on to this hope. But then what does God do when we draw near to him? He draws us together into that Trinity oneness. And what are we supposed to be doing when we get together? Pumping each other up to love and good deeds. To love like Christ. Do good and encourage each other. We're not to be looking each other up and down and, you know, and, uh, you know, wishing other people would give to us and, and all this. But when we get together as a community of believers, we are to come with this thought. How can I encourage my brother, my sister, do what God's calling them to do? Put a little wind in their sails. How can I be an encouragement? What if this coming year, this possibility became a reality? We draw near to God, hang on to our hope, and then when we gather anytime, big church, small group, hanging out, basketball or, uh, you know, discipleship groups, our thought is, Lord, help me bring some encouragement to my brother or sister who I know probably could use it right now. Wouldn't that be cool if we become an, an encouraging force for each other as we do what, what God's called us to do? That's the possibility that God makes possible. So what if this possibility became a reality in your life? I, I, t for me, it helped to summarize it this way. The possibility is this. The possibility is this, draw near to encourage each other to go love. Draw near to go love. Draw near to go love. But I'm not worthy to draw near to God. You're right. But our hope isn't in our own worthiness. Our hope, the hope that we hang on to is, I have a, a Savior who makes this possible, and I have a, a high priest who intercedes for me, so I'm drawing near to go love. Draw near what does God do as we draw near? He cleanses us, doesn't he? Purifies our hearts, forgives us, draw near to be forgiven.
to be cleansed, to be purified, to be changed, to be more like Christ, to be comforted, draw near and be strengthened, draw near and be encouraged, draw near and hear Him say, I love you, draw near and be reminded of your calling, draw near and go love, draw near And go lift somebody who's running out of strength. Draw near and go encourage. Draw near and go lift up. Go strengthen. Draw near and go love. Go shine. Go witness. Go reach. Go whatever it is that God is calling us to do. This is the possibility for this coming year. What if it becomes reality in your life, in my life? And for us as a church family, what might happen in the days to come? Isn't that awesome to think about? And I invite you to join in pursuing this. And we uh, thought today as we seek to actually live out that last verse, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Isn't it interesting when we get together how often God just uses somebody and their example to pump you up to go love like Christ? I, we, in our small group, the Legan family over Christmas, was just, just said, hey, we're going down to feed the homeless in Indianapolis. Anyone else want to come? We're going. And then Brad sent out a text to the guys, hey, I'm going to take some wood down on this Saturday. You want to gather and chop down some trees with me, and, and if you want to go down, go down. Not telling us to, but saying, I'm going. Man, it pumps you up just thinking about that. The, uh, we gather here at Big Church, you know, opportunities and today I thought there are two stories playing out in real time that can be an encouragement to us spur us on to love and good deeds that we've got to share and so the first is Libby Carlton was talking with Libby a couple weeks ago and she was sharing her one word and as she was sharing it the uh this text was coming to to mind to uh draw near and then to go love draw near go love so Libby thank you for being willing to come would you just welcome her she comes to share. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, like John said, my name is Libby, and I'm super thankful for the opportunity to be up here this morning. I don't know how many of you guys have participated in the One Word Challenge before, um, but this past year, 2019, was probably the first year I actually took it seriously and chose to focus on one word all year long. Um, and my one word was trust. Uh, And the Lord's provision for that word in my life this past year was kind of crazy. Just all the different things he had me experience stretched me so much in trusting him. And I saw that very, very clearly. Um, Something I feel like the Lord continued to point out in me all year long is just how much I tend to worry, um, especially about things of the future, whether it be Um, future marriage, future needs, or just things that were upcoming. Um, I feel like I just found that I worry a lot. And um, something he continued to teach me all year long um, was that I have everything I need right now in Jesus to be completely satisfied. Um, And our God, he is trustworthy no matter the circumstance. We can trust him in all things, um, even with our future needs. And my verse um, was actually 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. uh, For God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of 
power, love, and self-discipline. So when we walk with the Lord, when we trust in him, there's no fear in that, um, which is very comforting. Um, but yeah, one specific experience, I uh, had the privilege of serving as a camp counselor at Twin Lakes Camp this past summer. Um, and I had seven different cabins. They were all different age groups. Um, and then they were also different in what they needed to hear. Um, and something the Lord taught me was that only he knows exactly what these girls needed to hear in this time. Um, and I had never taught before in my life. Um, so I found myself, again, worrying, especially before the first week of camp, um, what I was going to teach and what I was going to say. Um, but it was really cool just when the time came for me to teach. I just felt the Lord taking the worry off my shoulders, and he would give me the words to speak. Um, and something I'm still praising him for, I got to witness 11 girls surrender their hearts to Jesus by the end of the summer, um, all because of what he was doing in their hearts. Um, so that was really incredible. So if you've never done the one-word challenge before, I highly recommend um, praying about a word, something you want to grow in for 2020, because it's really cool to get to the end of the year and be able to look back and see how the Lord has stretched you in that one area of your life. Um, and something else that's currently going on where trust is relevant, um, I was, back in October, I was introduced to a ministry called New Hope. Um, here's some pictures of it. But New Hope is a large orphanage in Uganda. Uh, they have a big campus there with two large orphanage centers, and then a third one, it's called Treasures, and that is for um, orphans who have disabilities. And when I was introduced to it, I got really curious, and so I started doing some research. And the very first thing I found when I came on their website was the quote, bringing the fatherhood of God to the fatherless, along with the verses, Psalm 68, uh, verse 5 and 6. And when I saw this for the first time, I just started bawling. Um, I was crying so much and just felt this instant passion to want to go and serve here and love on these kids. So I started praying about opportunities and if this was something the Lord would want me to pursue and God has continued to open doors. So as of now, uh, my friend Lindley and I, Lindley's the one who introduced me to the ministry. This is a picture of her and then she's also up here in the front. <laughs> she's got the curly hair. Um, <laughs> um, but we are planning to serve as interns here this upcoming summer. So we'll be there for about three months. Um, we'll both be spending a lot of time in treasures, uh, helping with school, and then I'm a nursing student, so I'll get to help with things like feeding tubes, transferring, bathing, um, and then they also have a prison ministry that goes out from New Hope once a week, and they said we could tag along, and I'd help with um, wound care, and then sharing the gospel with the prisoners there. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about it. Um, if you'd like to come alongside us, um, throughout this journey, there's a few ways you can do so. Uh, the first one being prayer. It's probably the most important because uh, Lindley and I, we've never been to Ghana to serve in an orphanage for three months. Uh, so we need God and um, we need him to lead us. And yeah, just prayer for things like um, health and safety and that he'd work in mighty ways through us and in us. Um, and then the second one, give. Um, I'm currently lacking the resources I need to go and serve here. Um, but ever since the Lord has been opening up doors 
I felt him calling me to trust him with my family as I'm away and then also with my finances. Um, so I've started to fundraise. Um, if you feel led to support me in this way, there's a few ways you can do so. Um, the first way is online. John and Abby have helped me a lot in setting this up. Um, but this link on the screen, if you take this link, it'll take you to a page on Westbridge's website and you'll be able to see um, New Hope on that page, and basically if you click on it, it will lead you to New Hope's giving page, um, where you can enter an amount on there, and then this is the really important part. Underneath it, there's a comment section that says, write a note, and in that, you will have to say Libby's internship or for Libby, um, so that way it's not just a general donation, unless you want to give a do general donation. Um, but John said he'd be, he's going to send that out in an email here within the next couple of days. And then I also have all that information on a card, which I'll have in the back. I'll be in the lobby at the end of the service um, with the cards if you'd like one. And also if you have any questions or if you'd like to give today, I'll have some envelopes back there as well. Um, but the funds will basically be going for my living expenses and then my travel to get there and back. Um, so yeah, and then the third thing, Lindley and I are currently working on a blog or a, some kind of video thing to where we can keep you guys updated with how God is at work through this experience. Um, so once we have that available, John said he'd get that out to you guys as well. So super thankful for you guys and special thanks to those who do choose to come alongside us in this journey. And yeah, I love you guys. Uh, thanks. <laughs> thank, thank you, Lindley. Isn't that exciting? One, just from a, why do we do what we do as a church family? It's that. <laughs> it's to see, uh, see Libby so neat in the no family, come to our church family and, and grow up in Christ and then go out and be his presence to wherever God has taken them. And I know the, uh, yeah, so excited. Thank you, Libby, for allowing us to be a part and Excited, it's going to be neat this summer to just, as we think about her and pray for her, to allow that to spur us on to love and good deeds in our own life. And, you know, each of us, we're not Libby, right? And it, God's got a unique life mission for you, though. So thinking about Mike, you know, and there's seasons, Mike Templeton recovering from heart surgery, and okay, what's the the good and, and that God's called him to do. And it's hard when you're in recovery mode. You can't do much. But you know what? That's a part of, of Mike's story where he can. And, and God will be just as much at work in Mike as he is in Libby and in you and whatever your journey is. And, but, but, uh, but it's that we would draw near to go love. Draw near to go love. So one other story that if, it's, if Libby's story doesn't light your fire, this one will, uh, it's got to light it. And if this doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet, right? <laughs> As the old cathedral singer used to say. But uh, oh man, so just about the time I'm talking with Libby that, uh, that week, go home and Chad and Jess are like, hey dad, did you, have you talked to JB lately? I'm like, no. Well, you got to hear his story. And so JB connects we met last Saturday, and I asked JB if he would be willing to let me share a bit of his story, and uh, he, w he wanted to be here, but he can't. JB's the guy on the left here. Dave, Dave, are you in here? He would be mortified if we put, he does not like, 
public attention. So <laughs> this is David keeps our uh, the whole facility going and loves on us. But JB's a hugger, man. If you know JB, um, and he always ends with, "Hey, I love you, man." So if you're not ready for that kind of affection, get ready when you meet him. <laughs> but uh, but he was uh, grew up in our came to our church as a high school student under Tyson, Pastor Tyson's ministry. And then uh, became an intern at the age of 19. Tam and the uh, masses had started the, the uh, mentoring program. And JB, God put on JB's heart as a high school student, but especially as the intern, to be a father to the fatherless and to care for uh, kids that didn't have parents, and especially boys who didn't have dads. That's his, just his passion. And so Tyson called him into the office one day and said, hey, and JB writes in his letter, I remember it like it was yesterday, when Tyson said, hey, JB, you know that desire you have to go be a father to the fatherless? We have a boy in Avon who needs a dad. His dad's not in the picture, single mom. And JB, wide-eyed, me? Yep, you. So he said, I remember walking into the counseling office, meeting with the mom and saying, I got nothing. I'm a 19-year-old kid. I got nothing except the love of Jesus, and I'll point him to Jesus and give my time. And the mom, tears, says, I think that's just what this boy needs, except I have three other boys. Would you be willing to mentor them? <laughs> JV said, okay. And so he says, Wednesday night, I show up with these guys. And he began to build a friendship and a, a love for these boys and just being Christ to them and, and mentoring them. And has continued that. Well, God nudged him to go get prepared. And he went down to seminary in uh, Louisville. And he was in year three of his seminary, right where he thought God wanted him. Involved in his church, waiting tables, um, preparing. Finds out that the mother of this, these boys, um, her name's Kim. Kim calls and says, JB, I have been diagnosed with cancer, and would you be willing to just potentially be the guardian of these boys if, if cancer should take me? Whew. 25 years old, four boys. Prayed about it, sought counsel, said, yes, I'll do it. But it, it appeared that she had been healed from cancer. They were praying for that. And on October, it looked like remission was good, and this was not going to be a reality. You know how sometimes you get the phone call that changes everything, world stops? JB gets a text from her this uh, December saying, cancer's back, and it's not good. I have three weeks. From that text... Six days later, this past December 23rd, she went home to be with the Lord. And from that day on, JB has been in the house, a guardian for four boys. The, uh, I'd like to read what uh, JB writes. As I weighed my options on answering the call to take guardianship of the boys, I faced one reality. I was outmatched, outnumbered, unqualified, and afraid. But in seeking the Lord, I knew it was what He wanted me to do. And the only reason I could say no was to preserve my own life because I was comfortable doing what I was doing and loved where I was. And He goes on to say, as I read Scripture and I hear Jesus say, come follow me into a life of sacrificial love. Lay down your life. So I, I had to say yes. And our, our prayer is with these boys. But the prayer has been answered. These boys have a father now. 
a father who's going to love them. God's going to use JB in their lives because he was willing to say, draw near, go love. Draw near, go love. And I look at JB's example, and man, I don't know about you, but does it just not pump you up? <laughs> like, what's God going to call you to do this year that's going to mean a little bit of sacrifice? JB says, but you know, we look at him and think, wow, but actually, for the Christian, the follower, this is normal, right? Now, our life won't look like JB. It may not be this big. For some it is. I think of Dave and, David and Jade and and uh, those of you who have opened your hearts in the realm of adoption and other things. But for most of us, it, it won't look this big. But this is the heart that God calls us to live with. Lord, here I am. And we draw near to Him, rely on Him, and then He uses us to go be a light, be a blessing, be a father to the fatherless. Send it out, Libby and, and Lindley. And we get to be a part of this. Those of you other, who are going off into whatever it looks like, Mike and Fran, um, whatever season God has for you, this is the possibility that our Lord has made possible through Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? The, uh, so JB, I, I'm bumming I can't read this whole letter to you, but he says this, I pray that you might seek the Lord and what he might have you do this year. And though it might seem crazy, the crazy thing would be to listen to the lie of preserving our own life and not the life that is found in following our Lord. I love you, Westbridge. Go be the hands and feet of, G of Jesus Christ. JB. <laughs> Amen. So, this coming year, what is the possibility? Draw near through faith in Jesus Christ and go love. Encourage each other to go love. Amen. All right. Well, let's join together in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. We thank you for this incredible, beautiful, indescribable possibility, Father, of living in your presence and being messed up people, being able to, to just live close to you. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice for us that makes it possible. And today, I just pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray especially for the one who's lost hope and is in a dark place right now, God, that, that they would just hear you call them to draw near. I pray Psalm 16, 8 would be their verse, that they would keep you before their eyes, Lord, that they would look to you. I think of Peter when he got out of the boat and he started looking at the waves and he sank, but, but when he was looking at you, he was walking. And God, I pray that for all of us, that this coming year, our eyes would be locked on you, Jesus, that you would be our hope, the anchor of our soul. And then, Lord, I pray that as we draw near, that you would empower us to go love in ways that are sacrificial, putting aside our own hopes and dreams. I think of J.B., sharing that he was hoping for a wife but is wondering now what woman in her right mind would marry a guy with four boys and God I just pray for that that uh, you would bring him a wife if that's your will and if it's his desire that would be part of loving these boys I pray for these boys Lord that you would comfort them pray for JB that you give him wisdom and daily empowering just keep him relying on you I pray for Libby and Lind Lindley 
as they prepare to go to Uganda, that you would just prepare them and empower them. Lord, I pray for each one of us. I pray for our college students who are going back this many, going back this week, that you would just uh, keep them close, help them draw near, that they might go love. Lord, we give you all the glory. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.